Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberate.it using the discount code PODCAST. Welcome to the third episode of the Cyberate Battle Royale podcast series led by Atlantic Data Forensics CEO Brian Dykstra. Speaking with Brian is Jeff DeFrancesca, the Director of Cybersecurity Services for Sayers, Joey Johnson, the CISO for Premise Health, and Mike Finkel, the CEO of Sparksoft. Brian leads this all-star live discussion recorded during an event at RSA about how skipping the showroom floor has become normal, along with the expense of showing at a con and the importance of making sure you actually set up the tools that you are purchasing. Brian Dykstra, CEO of Atlantic Data Forensics here at RSA, doing the third round of the Cyberry Podcast Battle Royale. And uh, to my right here, I have... Jeff DeVrancesca, Director of Cybersecurity Services at Sayers Technology. Ooh. Ooh. Joey? I'm Joey Johnson, yes, CEO of uh, Premise Health, but that's, that's who I am. Fine healthcare company doing doing unique healthcare. I mean, I could go into like a whole diatribe about what we do, but nobody's interested. Nobody's, in that right nobody, now. nobody cares about that now. Yeah, it's nah. been voted nah. off the island so, already. So, for those of you that can't see what's going on, I got multiple thumbs down <laughs> uh, visually. So, and Mike, uh, Mike Finkel, CEO of Sparksoft Corporation. There we go. All right. So, uh, what do you do over there, at Sparksoft? Uh, we do a bunch of cool stuff. We hang um, out, we drink bourbon, smoke cigars, yes. but uh, mostly we do fun data analysis, uh, testing, automation, all the cool stuff. A lot of health and human services stuff and all that yep. sort of thing. Yeah, all Health right. IT stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff over there. So we got two health and one big VAR thing, and, and then uh, my, my piddly ass company. All right, um, moving right into it. Okay, so who's actually been over to the RSA trade show floor this week? I have been there. And, and done, done that thing. You've been over there? Yep. All right. Dude, yeah. I totally hit up the RSA floor like nine years ago, and since then I haven't fucking been there. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been there. Sorry. I didn't go. So what you're saying is you haven't gone to the Moscow Center. I haven't found value in visiting there. Yeah, no, not okay. for years. I, I, I don't disagree with you. And, and we've heard a lot of opinions that are very similar on that. On the that only matter. value that I actually found was that it was tempting for me to like just print up my own name tag. Like So this time my name was like, well, whatever. I won't say that. but Okay. It's not valuable. Right. All right. That's, uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't disagree. I honestly, uh, I only go and see the little bitty companies over there, right? The, the guys that are on tables as small as this that don't even have a name tag, you know, because I'm looking for the next cool thing for clients, right? You know, I saw this cool new idea or technology I mean, it's, or it's, something it's, it's, I've never so, seen before. I have a philosophical problem with the RSA floor or, or the Black Hat floor or anything. And the, the problem is this. And I'm going to get myself in trouble with a whole bunch of people who are vendors that are my friends. There's a whole revenue stream that's associated to it. The best ideas were always out on the edge, on the perimeter yep. of like the emergent companies. Because when I would walk on the floor and go there, the people that were there was like the CEO or some some legitimate stakeholder or CTO that knew their product and knew what they were trying to do. Versus, like, as you get closer and closer, it's like the grocery store. Like, the produce is on the outside, the cool stuff. And then you go inside, and, like, everything can sit there for 
days. Like the same thing happens on the floor, and I and and I realized like I don't know, like I just got no value from that. Now, for folks that are exploring the world of cybersecurity, maybe that brings them value. And a big booth is awesome, but for me. Uh, Honestly, I, I I just don't see any value in yeah. in that, and that that causes like there's a whole revenue stream that that disrupts to even say that, and that makes me feel bad. So Mike and I have done Hims, the big healthcare conference together, yeah. and that thing is double the size you know yeah. of, of this. It's, huge. it's gigantic. It's a right? It's scary, but uh, one of the CIOs of, of one of my big healthcare clients. Um, said that you know like he's like I don't I don't even go to the top five floors of vendors he's like I head straight for the basement mm-hmm. is what the, which is they call the you know the the people that can't really afford a booth floor right, right? he's like I go straight to the basement and I talk to those folks mm-hmm. because those are where the good ideas come from but that's inherently a problem right right because the smartest tech the coolest stuff that's coming out is actually challenged with like a big bill of like, hey, if you want to get your awesome idea out, you got to pay a whole bunch of money that right. you can't yeah. afford. And like, that's like the model's broken. Like it's it's not it's not built to support like the the adversarial problem that we face moves like they don't care. Like yeah. if you can be highly financed and morally bankrupt at the same time, like you can do whatever you want. That's mm-hmm. our adversary. Right? Very true. And, yeah. and so, and so, and so meanwhile, like the people that are coming up with the coolest ideas are hamstrung by not being able to pay $30,000 for a booth that like may or may not make money. Like, like so can't get VC backing because they don't have AI in their product. Yeah. You know? But they're making it it's harder weird. because I was looking for the emerging technology guys, right? Last year, we found them on the actual floor. Right. There was a little segment. They, mm-hmm. they weren't there. So I, I went around yesterday. I couldn't find them. I went around today. Finally, I went to the information. I'm like, where are these guys, right? So they're apparently hidden on some third floor in the south building, right? And it was very hard to find them. Yeah. So I had to like actually like navigate through some conference rooms to get to them in the hallways. But once you got there, you know, there's about 30 companies, 40 companies there that, like you said, the CEOs are there. And it's, it's cool stuff to talk to them, right? Yeah. There's absolutely no point to spend time on, on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I haven't been here much. This is my third year here. And I've found no value on, like, the main floor right. other than people trying to, like, sell you tchotchkes or something like that. Now, you come at it from the VAR perspective, yeah. which is way different than what the rest of us are, yeah. are doing. So what, you know, how does it work for you? It's very similar, actually. It's different and similar at the same time. So what we try to do is is kind of cut through the FUD, right, is is try to figure out what really these companies are innovating in, uh, how they're differentiating, because the marketing material is all the same, right? Everybody's got a platform. Everybody's got they're, AI. They're all the world leader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's, uh, you know, they have one product, but all of a sudden they have a platform. And how do we deliver the right content to our enterprise customers who find no value on the floor? So, right, it, and, and that's really... We'll, we'll come back and we'll do roadshows based on what we learn here at RSA. So, um, you know, I always say, like, if, if we can't learn it here and it's getting more difficult to cut through that FUD, right, because everybody's got the same marketing material. I think they all hired the same marketing firm uh, to help them. Uh, but, you know, if you can't figure it out here, where else do you go? So, so, so as a VAR, mm-hmm. right, I mean, what do you learn here? that you take back to that customer market because um, one of the things that I do sometimes is I, is I sit on conversations and panels that are all about like all the product companies are trying to get to the CISO, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they're trying to yeah. get there and like, how do I get to your ear? And like what one of the resonating things that, I'm, that I've heard is like, actually, 
work through vars like mm -hmm. we have vars that we trust we we established it's yep. relationship based yep. like i know you like if you bring me something like okay you when i hear you call i pick up the phone right mm -hmm. and so so you gotta like go through that whole landscape mm -hmm. and there's a whole bunch of fud oh, and yeah. you you gotta put your entire like reputation on the base to to say like hey man like i'm gonna bring this company to you like so how do you navigate through that as a var knowing that like your whole value that, is bringing value to yeah. us yeah and it's a big leap of faith right and i think some of these customers or uh some of these uh vendors think that Oh, well, just walk me in and, and, you know, I'll, I'll sell it and, and the customer will love it and everything will be, you know, roses. And that's not how it works, right? We, we have one chance to bring, you know, a technology to a CISO. And if we don't bring the right technology, we're out. We're, they no longer look at us as the thought leader. So we, we have a, you know, a million dollar lab that we, we test things out in and we, you know, we use uh, pack, you know, uh, we use, uh, uh, you know, generate uh, traffic generating technology to to pump malware in and, and really test these products out before we bring them to our customers. And it's it's really about you know taking that marketing material, bringing it back to the lab, uh, collaborating with our engineers to say, okay, what did you guys learn here? Uh, what do we want to bring inside the lab uh, to test out? And then ultimately, what do we want to bring? You know, what are the one or two technologies that we want to bring back? You know. Of the thousands of companies that are here, what are the one or two companies we want to bring back to a, a potential CISO? Well, in the you, right you guys have to do that whole thing. So you have, you have to do the installation, you know, whatever integration has to go on from there, and mm -hmm. then you have to support that thing yeah. long term for your clients. And, and I think that's that's where we're a little bit different. I think, you know, and I think the VAR thing gets thrown along, around uh, arbitrarily a lot, but where we, where we see it and where we fit is really around if we can't implement it and we can't support it long term. We're we're not gonna we're not a CDW we're not a, a big VAR we're we're a good mid-sized VAR where we need to add those in you know those services to really make this thing work so interesting all right um, so since you well except for Joey who apparently blows off the trade show floor and from now on forever um, I whatever sorry uh, for for RSA folks that's Johnson J O H N <laughs> whatever look it up Joe Johnson most <laughs> generic name on the planet like, me go ahead look it up uh, anyway um so anyway so did you did you see anything there that met any of your current concerns? Like, did you come with, like, I was looking for something or you stumbled over something while you're in there where you were like, ah, oh, that might be something I should pay attention to? I mean, sure, a couple of cool new technologies that I'd like to dig a little deeper in, but it's hard to tell right off the bat because they're telling you a story. But I like to dig in and not just look at a demo, but kind of... You know, implement it in the lab, see if it actually works, because everybody will come and tell a story. So I, I, I deal with this at CMS all the time. Oh, you're a big CMS guy. We want to sell this technology there. And I'm like, OK, great. But does it work? Right. And we go through iterations and we bring it into the CMS environment and they all just fail. They, they can't work in that environment. So they might work great in a small you know, context or, or in a small uh, environment. But once you bring it into a large, complex environment such as CMS, they all just die on the vine. So it becomes very hard to pick the right technology. But we saw some cool uh, uh, things that are, you know, I guess one of these things that uh, we looked at was uh, a device that you attach to your uh, network 
to each Wi-Fi device in your office. And it sits there and it monitors all the different devices that are around trying to connect to you. So that was a, a pretty cool device that I, I like to look a little more into mm. and see if it actually you know, does what it says. Mm -hmm. It supposedly picks up any, you know, foreign devices that are trying to connect to you and things of that nature. So they have it all nice on the screen and the dashboard, but does it really work? Right. I, I don't know. I'd have to like, you know, put it well, somewhere it and demo it. Does it work in a it, big right? giant government enterprise like that? You know? Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. We have to test it out. They work in a small environment. Yeah. They were oh, look at all these things we, we can see like here. And all these guys are trying to break into the network here. And all these events are happening. And I said, okay, that looks cool, but you know, how do we take that now, plug it into a bigger environment and see if it actually works? Yeah, with all that BO, BYOD wireless stuff. It's hard. Whatever, it's know. hard. And yeah. and a lot of times the, you know, oh, we want to sell, we want to sell. Okay. Will you demo it? Like will you give it to us for sixty days and let us try it out? Yeah. Oh no, you gotta sign this contract for ten years. I'm like, you know, sorry, we don't want to do that, right? <laughs> we wanna see if it actually works before we sign up with you. Yeah. So it becomes difficult. But that was a cool kind of little technology that I'd like to look a little more into. But yeah. you, Jeff. Yeah, I think um there's a couple out there. I think you know, they, it could, to your point earlier, it gets dominated by some of the bigger players just because of the size of their booth, right? And, and some of the people we already partner with, they want your time and while you're out here. So it, it kind of gets, there's a balance between, uh, you know, meeting people that you're partnered with and, and kind of doing the dog and pony show with them and, and allowing them to have some time with you and your customers while we're out here and, and then also learning some new things. But actually events like this, just getting to know people on a on a personal level the people behind this these technologies that are are uh uh you know just, just the human element of this right but well, you mean the atlantic data forensics cool well, tech, exactly tech yeah ventures yeah, yeah. mixer yeah. absolutely yeah. i think that's where you know i've i've talked to several folks there exchanging business cards and, and gonna definitely introduce them to the no, enterprise there's so. an amazing group of people out there i mean it's ridiculous every time i go down the list i'm like that guy's coming to this yeah okay that's cool um all right so th this is my favorite question for everybody. I've been asking this one all the way around. Start with you, since you since you never go to the trade show for Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it. All right. What's the coolest thing you're working on right now? Um, I mean, so okay. Besides so, that sweet pool thing you got going in the backyard. Right. So so right. Well, you know about that. Uh, but, that thing's nice. But, so, I, I every year. We kind of readjust our three-year roadmap strategy for what we're trying to do for our security program. I, I don't, I, I don't think a five-year roadmap works. I think it's a three-year roadmap for us, and and that constantly adjusts. It's every year. It's it's a moving target. So, um, for us, we're focused on a few things. We uh, we have three pillars that we are building our security program on. One is data centricity. The data is what matters. I don't care where it is. I don't care where it's going. That's mostly the asset that protects our company. Two is identity, because identity is the perimeter, and that's what's getting to all of the data. And, in podcast and, one, you should have heard the guy from Levi on his rant on identity oh, and how, how cruddy identity products were and stuff like this for the cloud environments. There uh, are many. Steve Zalewski from, there, from yeah, Levi's. Yeah, there, are, there, there are many solutions looking for a problem, right? But <laughs> that's exactly uh, what he said. <laughs> yeah, and so and so, but and then the third is automation and orchestration, right? Oh, and now, and now, now, not as a product, but as a concept, right? Like automate what you want, not what you have, right? Like mm -hmm. what you have is already broken. That's why you're trying to get to automation. So, like to me. Um, when, when I look at 
across the spectrum of those things. I look at everything like, how does it fit into those verticals? How, how does it work there? Um, I've actually, ironically, for four or five years, I haven't seen a lot of innovation that really grabbed me when I came out here. This year, I have seen some cool stuff, um, but it's not novel, right? It's, it's, it's solving very basic fundamental problems that we all have. Now, the, the, to me, what got me this year was like I saw some really cool uh, emergent – and there's like seven or eight players in this space. Like there is all the time. Some of them different areas of being stealth, but like um, cloud stuff, like, like IIS, right? Like, like Amazon. Like the, every knob you turn in Azure or AWS or GCP – turns like 72 different other knobs that gives different service level account privileges and all this stuff. And so, and so what I think is really interesting that's starting to happen is you're looking at, there are organizations, if you're a small organization, that's awesome. You can greenfield it and you can build out on AWS or Azure or GCP or whatever you want. Most organizations that are of material size have a ton of technical debt. And what they've got is, Network engineering team, server team, AD team, app team, DB team. And those guys have no clue how to think outside of like pizza box architecture, right? Meanwhile, you got a DevOps team that's like, yo, we're just going to blow some stuff up and do awesome stuff and work agile. And it's all awesome. And it's super sexy. And we put diamonds on it and everything's cool. And it's awesome. But they don't understand anything. Like they don't know. Like, what do you, what are you, what are you talking about? Like a DNS forward or like, I don't know what DNS is. Like we just, it said, create a domain. I said, yes. And we did it. Like, so, so, so there's this massive, like difficult convergence. Nobody has to look further than like Cap One. Like everybody saw what happened, and that's a tech forward, tech first company, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And 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 they got caught because because the tools that are available are just so different. Like it's like you used to swim in water, and now over here you're swimming in Jello, and like it it's a very different world. And so I've seen a bunch of companies that are taking very different approaches to trying to help and automate and scale that cloud first environment, and it's not rocket science. No. It's actually that they're just stepping in and going like, here's a real problem set. And I've seen a few different areas that have been like, to me, like really dynamic. Like one, they took a like more of a services approach and they were like, yo, we're, we're looking at this and we're like, Hey, we found all these misconfigurations. You have misconfigurations are not rocket science. Everybody knows you got them, but they're way too complex because you've got a 30 person company and you don't even understand like what an IP address is. So, so they took it from like look at misconfigurations and like we'll take it like an as a new level of like MSSP. Awesome. So they're doing remediation because it didn't help to deliver that audience like a report of like here's the things that are broken. Right, they're, they're never gonna fix it. They're never gonna fix it. I don't even know what it is. Yep. Then there's other companies that are really like looking deeper and they're like, hey, we can go across stack like multi-cloud and like look at all these different configurations and like give you visibility into it in a way that you can't do personally. Like to me, this is the first time I really saw those product products kind of hit a maturity level where i was like this is actually usable like organizations at scale all up and down the stack like they need this right now um and so so to me i I was really impressed with that like i like uh, that that's this is the first time in years i've seen something that was like that it's not buzzwords it's like this is this is this is hygiene this makes sense you you just mirrored pretty much what what steve zaluski security architect for levi strauss said in the first podcast was you know he was just starting to see some of that stuff happen and it was 
way behind. Like, you know, he needed that yesterday. Yeah. And it's just starting to emerge. You know? Yeah, because because the problem is like like for every organization, and I'll I'll go ahead and be very transparent, like even with our own organization, we know that we're on that journey, right? But like as we look at it and we're like, dude, we gotta go like we gotta get out of the data center. We got a lot of stuff. We got zero trust principles breaking in, like all these stupid buzzwords and like all these things that happen. But the the reality is, like, we looked at it. And I, I I challenged my uh, my VP of infrastructure, and he challenged me back in the same way that we were like, dude, the the org chart. Like, let's just take it to people. Like, the org chart doesn't match where we're trying to go with technology. Like, we like technology is moving way faster than where we're able to actually adapt to it as an organization. Because in in today's world, I've got a server team, I got a network engineer team, I got a DBA team, I got a QA team, I got an app dev team, blah blah. blah. Over here, I've got a DevOps team that's like building stuff, right? They don't understand DNS. They don't understand Active Directory architectures. They don't understand any of this. And so the entire it's like you gotta take a whole bunch of people, create a whole new org chart. Imagine you create a whole new org chart with no names in it. Like this is what I need roles to be. And then you gotta figure out like, do people fit into that? And like how do you get them trained up to be ready to deal with like like a dude who understands like virtual servers does not understand like containerization and kubernetes and all of that like what do you like they don't get that and they've got to work through all that so that's that's hard yeah no mike's done a a big effort internally training his people to get get kubernetes smart because that's what the client now demands yeah and and that's that's not just a oh we take a network engineer and we throw him in there and and he automatically knows that it doesn't understand anything about that right so for you what's the big cool thing you're working on mike i i think the big working on a lot of cool things but i think you know to kind of build them on what you're saying is we we actually had to take and, and retool our our engineers and send them out mm-hmm. to you know get certified in red hat in amazon and microsoft because they're now building and moving stuff into the cloud and they need to understand what they're doing and as much as the government says they want to be agile they're really not agile you know i call them hybrid agile mm-hmm. because they don't understand the whole oh, I need to be a product owner now and I need to be there every morning in a scrum meeting and, and this is how the world works now. They want to do you know waterfall technology and say, okay, you guys go take care of everything. So it's like you have to have kind of a, a pseudo-government team in your own environment acting as though they're the, the, the people that are doing the work from the government side and putting all that in place. But all these people need to understand the new technology, right? You just said something that I... I'm interrupting, but I no, don't want to put it. But I, like, you just said something really awesome that I want to like drill in on. That the technology people have to become business people to be hyper effective at this stage. It's like the technology is there. Like the the tooling is also powerful now. That it's like what makes those people be effective is be able to understand like whatever, dude. I got like 97 tools. Like, what do you want to do with well, it? Like, where's the business trying to go? Exactly, and that's the the fundamental problem we're dealing now. With with uh, you know healthcare.gov and the data right they have all this data massive amounts of data, and everybody's trying to throw technology, and I'm t- I was talking to you know some of the leadership over at CMS and they're just like, we don't need the technology, people mm-hmm. don't understand the data, understand the data first, fix the data problem, 
you can use pretty much any of the technologies out there if you understand the data first. And people just don't want to understand it. They're, they're trying to fix a data problem with throwing different technologies at it, whether you know whether it be Red Hat or, or Kubernetes or whatever they you know whatever it is, to fix a data problem. But they don't understand. The, the underlying data, and, and, and until they understand that, until they understand what like, they're fixing, like what is the problem the you're point? trying to solve? Right. What's <laughs> the point of throwing technology yep, at it? Right. right. If you don't understand yeah. what the hell you're trying to fix, if you don't understand that you have, you know, a thousand elements, what? How do these thousand elements interact? So this, I don't care what programming you throw at it. If you don't understand that, you're never going to fix the underlying problem, and and that's why the 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 business people right are getting fed up with it because the. IT people are trying to throw different technologies in their face and they're throwing it back saying, we don't need this crap. Stop building systems, understand our problem first, and then build something to fix our problem. Yeah. But it's, it's very hard to, to translate that to IT people. IT people are just not, don't want to understand that. They think they can fix anything with technology. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what's right? out yeah. there, right? Yeah. So, under, so kind of working on that data problem right now is, is kind of become a big thing in our space, trying to understand the underlying data, having data architects come in and understand it and lay it all out, build an actual data dictionary where you understand you know, how everything interacts with each other, mm -hmm. and then see which technology actually helps serve the purpose so they can do the analysis of that data properly and then utilize it you know, to better healthcare, right? Yeah. How, do you, how do you better patient care? You need to understand what the hell you have to, to, and then work it through, analyze it so that you can actually, you know, produce something that's actually worth it. Yeah. You know, like I have the advantage of working with both of you. So I've seen your, your three-year plans and you're plugging your people into, into the, the positions and yeah. you're, you're retooling basically your whole, you have your to. whole, you're, you're not retooling 10, you're retooling your people. Exactly. At, at Sparksoft. Yeah, I think some of the Which things that, yeah, no, th I think some of the things that we can build on to this conversation is really around what we're doing in the in the not so much the technology and 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 promoting new technologies to our customers, but it's around the people and process part of it is how do they operationalize the technologies that they do own? Do they understand the security controls they have in place today? So as they build out these, you know, security frameworks or they work towards the security frameworks of, of their choice, really, how do they make the right choice for their organization? And, and that's where we're really, you know, in, in my part of the organization where we're helping our customers understand, you know, you have a lot of the controls that you're looking for, right? The AI and all this buzzwords that we hear here at RSA, those are all great. But what do you own today? How are you operationalizing it? Uh, you know, is it are they effective? Uh, you know, and then how do you uh, you know how do you build a program around you know the, the things you need? Uh, and that's really where a lot of my day is spent uh, with our customers today. Is is not so much on the product side, but it's on operation operationalizing what they already have. So that's. Super powerful. I think when you look at scaling an organization, it's so. So I've I, I've seen and witnessed um, my own perspective is as technology has gotten more and more powerful, we've come closer to realizing the human element of how how important that is because we can automate anything. We can create anything. You, you, you know where, where, where AI and automation fails is like a human can pick up a very odd-shaped object without ever having any preconceived notion of what that is. You can look at it, figure it out, pick it up, and do it right. Like That takes a lot of compute cycles to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. A human can take something that's never been seen or experienced before and make a decision on what to do with that. That's really powerful. Because 
it evidences that all this technology is, is really, really powerful and taking mundane, repetitive tasks and making us way more powerful and letting the human brain do what it does best. For us specifically, like even even in our organization, like I I, I want I, I personally like I I want my team to make me completely useless. Like if, if I can get my direct reports to be so effective at what they do that they make me useless, like I've I've achieved my job. Like if I get fired because 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 they've done so good and they're like Joey, we just don't see a purpose for you as a CISO anymore. I'm like awesome. Right. But it, it, it's like when you have like children you're sending off to college, like when they're 18, I mean, they've got it figured out. Right. But then like you give them a little bit more and they're like, well, I didn't really want all of that. Like, well, sorry, that's called mortgage. That's called rent. That's called like things you got to pay for in life. Sorry, you don't have the money. But 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 they learn that. Right. And so I think like where we are on a technology basis, what we're doing with the organization is kind of the same way, like all these buzzwords are clicking in like AI and all this stuff. And it is, it's legit. These are really, really, really good tools, but it's like, you still have to have the human aspect to look at it and be like, what's, what's really broken is process, right? Like don't automate what you have. Like you, you can automate what you have all day, automate what you want, automate what you want things to be. Don't automate. Don't, don't look at like, well, this is how things are going. And if we automate it, like we could, we could get rid of like all this overhead. Like, no, that's not what you want. Like what you really want to be is like, no, I want to be from here to there in six seconds. It, it's always taken us like a, an overnight flight. Like you, you got to look at that and be like, how do we do that in a better way? And, and that's what really like empower stuff. It's the yeah. human thought behind the tools. Yeah, don't take a right. broken process and automate a broken process. Start a new process that, that should be automated that way. Uh, yeah, like a really, really super practical example of that is like when we looked at some stuff, we saw like there were certain processes that went through, let's say, like six stakeholders, right? And then and you look back at it and you were like, well, wait a minute. Over the past four years of those six stakeholders, five of those six stakeholders never contributed any value. They looked at it. They never changed anything. No decision was ever changed because it went through them. Nothing ever happened. It, it was good. But what we realized was we were like, well, wait a minute. What they needed was visibility. They didn't need to actually be in the process. Right. They need to be in the know. That's they that, need that, to that be racy in the chart know, thing, right? That's the racy thing. They needed, they needed, they, they, they needed yeah. to be able to have visibility so they could make, and it wasn't wrong. It wasn't form. even yeah. a controlling thing. They just needed to understand what happened so they could make their appropriate decisions. But we were like, well, if all you need is visibility, because it would go through like step A, wait a week. And then step D, like wait two weeks for that person. Like all this stuff happened that just slowed things up for no reason. Because we were like, dude, you've literally gotten the same spreadsheet for seven years and you've never made an alternate decision. You've never changed the flow of anything. You just slowed it down. Not because you were bad, just because like that's what it was. And then all of a sudden we were like, well, what if we cut all that out and just give you visibility of like Brian makes decisions and they're always wrong. So we cut them out. Joey makes decisions are always wrong. We cut them out. Tom and Lisa make decisions and they're basically always the right decisions because that's what the business needs. And so put those two in, give Brian and Joey visibility. Boom. We're gone. We're, and, 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 and we started doing that and we were like, cause what we want was to get from, from Tom to Lisa, like outright, like that, that's what we want. Like we know the, those decisions happen, get the thing going. And so we did that and we started realizing like, man, like it dramatically 
shorten timelines to do massive things like get a vertical going, like get something through procurement. Like these aren't security problems. There are technology things that we use technology to exacerbate and, and facilitate like a business. <laughs> we use issue. technology to make those things worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, make them faster. Yeah. But what you're talking about is exactly what we've actually, you know, started doing is we implemented, you know, human centric design business, right? And what we're doing is human centric analysis, right? So when you say you want X, Great. So we send somebody in to actually sit there with the user and actually watch what what are they doing, right? Yeah. Where are the pain points? You know, do they really need this or do they need this to do their work, right? We, we don't know, right? Is it is it a mountain or is it a molehill? And you're never going to know that by them ex- trying to explain it to you, sitting with them and watching what they do on, 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 you know, during their process, during the day, during the week, actually will help you design something that's faster and more that's effective, right. right? So human-centric design has become a very big thing these days. And we've actually added a, a, you know, a line of business, a vertical to right. do that. And we've kind of plugged that into all of our projects. So yes, we're doing you know, a data analysis project, but guess what? You're getting a, a human-centric guy sitting there with you to understand what is it that you're trying to do as a user. And then we'll implement your analysis piece, right? Because then we can implement, you know, the molehill that you actually want and not the mountain that you're asking for. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that's become very critical in, in today's world mm-hmm. to really understand the human interaction rather than just throwing technology at everything. It's right? awesome. All right. So at, at the RSA this year, um, what didn't you see that you came here and you hoped like, I'm going to find a solution for this. And you just, like, flat-ass struck out. Look at somebody else. I mean, I, like, I, don't, I, I don't even do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, I, I, so like I said, I, I came here to look at the emerging technology, right, to see if there's new interesting stuff here. So I didn't come here with a, a pretense notion that I'm looking for X, Y, or Z. I just know... You know, I'm looking for some interesting technology that mm-hmm. can can it help, you know, my business or my customer in some way better what we're doing. You know, can we secure data better, right? Can we secure the APIs that we're sending all over the place, right? Because there's some of the projects we're doing have a lot of API going on, right? They're sending data all over the place. How do we secure those transactions? You know, what technologies is emerging that's actually going to help with that? Because that's been a very big pain point for our customers. Right? How do we ma- mask data better when we're doing testing? Right? How do we do that in an automated fashion so it's faster mm-hmm. and it's not taking up a lot of people? So I didn't really have a you know a, a notion. I'm coming here to look for you know an apple or an orange. Right? I just came to generally look at the new emerging technology, which is why I didn't spend a lot of time on the main floor. I spent my time looking at the emerging technology right. to see what was cool out there. Right. So I and and like I said, I found some interesting things that I really want to dig in a little more deeper and see if it really works. Right. Quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, what I was out here looking for. Right? What about you, Jeff? Because, I mean, you are here for the technology. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think I came out here looking for a particular technology. I think what I found. You didn't have a client somewhere that was like, I, I would buy this if you had this. Uh, a little bit, you know, it, it's tough there, you know, like being an organization like us, you know, it'd be nice to sell everything, uh, you sure. know, to our customers. But at the end of the day, if, you know, one wrong sale, it, you know, really ruins the client and we only have so many of those. And, and so I think it goes back to that validation you know, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks, you know, if it really, uh, 
you know, if, if the things we came out here to look for, uh, if we didn't find them, I, I know I, I can't say that right now, so to speak. So I don't know if that's the right answer or that's what you're looking for, but, uh, that's probably no, where we're at right different now. Different folks so, had different answers to yeah. that question, you know, yeah. some of the very pointed things they came in, I'm looking for this. Yeah. And I went to every damn booth and I couldn't find one. Yeah, no, I, yeah, we, I, I came out here with a more, little bit more of an open mind this year than than in years past. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, there's been so much so much consolidation, but yet there's so much growth still. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how that plays out this year. I think there's, you know, I, I always look, try to look at those macro trends uh, with RSA, um, you know, and see how how that plays out throughout the year, just for a, a company like us because. Those those mergers and acquisition affect our partnerships a lot, you know, and, and really, you know, one one vendor has some great tools and then all of a sudden they get acquired or they acquire a, a, a subset of technologies. And, and that changes the game for us a little bit because we could either be on the right side or wrong side of those partnerships. So, yeah, well, I, th I think I, I speak for everybody where we really all came out here to attend the unofficial mm -hmm. Cigar and brown beverage, beverage event, yeah. right? Yeah, hosted by Atlantic Data yeah. Forensics. Yeah. I, think, yeah, you know, I think everybody Jack will agree Ventures. with me. Yeah, that yeah. was, that that's was really that's what was That's why we all came out here. That is, that is yeah. the point of the show. Absolutely. I mean, they don't know that, but <laughs> at the meta level, that's the point of the show. Exactly. Well, hold on. I mean, you asked a very specific question. I did. Which was, what did you come looking for that you didn't find? Yeah. And I actually feel like that's possibly not the right question asked because because I, I i feel like we're in a hyper saturated lots of solutions looking for problems mm -hmm. world with what's going on right now um and that's 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 possibly okay um my biggest challenge as i look out beyond my own organization and where we are is uh, look not all apis are created equal not all solutions are created equal, but also not all security leaders are created equal. Okay. And, and it's like, there's so much stuff that has to happen before you start introducing solutions. Um, I, I've talked to a couple of colleagues and they're like, like we'll, we'll go with a slightly older technology, but like, I want to implement a SIM and I'm like, cool, cool. Well, how many assets do you have? How much log volume is it going to be? Blah, blah, blah. How do you calculate what that's going to cost? And they've got all that. They're ready. They, they, they know. Like, I know what I need to spend and I got it. Cool, cool, cool. So, can you get all your logs to one place? Well, like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, I mean, just that. Like, can you get all of your logs to one place? All the things that you want that sim to do. I can answer that question. No, they them? can't. Right. <laughs> right. They can't. They can't. So, no. so, so it's like, well, there's a, there's kind of this spectrum that I always kind of say with like, when we're looking, so all this is about all this new tech and that's, it's awesome. I mean, there's really, really smart people developing really, really smart things. You kind of always have to look at like, is that a product or is that a feature? Fine. But on the other end of the equation, and, and it's one thing that really frustrates me, and I'm sorry, I'm going to soapbox it a little bit here is. Anybody buying Joey soapboxing? I, I, get, I get, I get, I get, it's all good. I, I get, I get frustrated with the security leadership side of the equation. On the other side of the vendors, I get frustrated with the security leadership side of the equation that's like, they went and bought the next Fandangle, Sparkle Dangle thingy. And then they didn't implement it. And then they go and say, well, like this product wasn't that great. Well, it's like, well, no, dude. Like, like I literally, I'm, I'm, gonna do, I'm 
somebody's gonna know who I'm talking about, and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna yeah, put it out there. I, I like, dealt with the breach this, this fall, like, and this client had every freaking tool, right? Everything I'd ever heard of and never heard of, and it was all twenty percent installed. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And, and because of that, their thing was, well, that that thing doesn't work, and I'm like, you don't have it set up. I like, literally it's, it's, had a conversation with another security leader, and he's a cool guy. I I, I love him. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I love him. He's great, dude. But he said to me at one point, dude, the last – I'm so sick of all the technology. The last seven things I've brought, none of them have worked. And I was like, well, you just told me you bought seven things that you couldn't make work. Like, is is it the products? Is it the or, tools? Or is, it, yeah. is, is it the tools or are you the tool? Yeah. Like, what's, where are we at right now? And so I say that because, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's coming out. But it's like it's always got to go back to, like – what are the basics? Like, yeah. do you need a thread intel feed or do you understand your own data patterns? Like, do you understand the data that's in your environment to begin with? Um, so all of that to say, like, I wouldn't say that I couldn't find something here that I was looking for. I would say it's actually the opposite problem. There's so much stuff. There's a lot of solutions looking for problems there's a lot of things that are features not products and and i get it right it's a huge it's 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 like as a security industry we banged our hand on the table for years and said like security is a problem please pay attention to us please board of directors like this is the thing and now they're paying attention and it's gotten hyper funded and people are throwing a bunch of cash at it but it's not making anything better necessarily so what i would say is like if you're not finding the solution that you're looking for, maybe there's just so much noise that, and there's so much overlap that it's hard to, to determine for your specific organization. Like, what do you have today? What do you have in house? When is 80% okay? When, when do you just need a base hit to get done what you need to get done? You you don't always need like like somebody presented a solution. I sat on a shark tank and, and they were showing stuff and I was like, I mean, you've done a really, really, really good job. Like straight up, I'm not gonna lie, like awesome, amazing, brilliant science at what you've done. But it's like this one percent slice of a thing that like I'll <laughs> never go by. Because because it's just like I I mean, it's really cool, but like and they, then the game has become like maybe I'll build this product that somebody else will buy and commoditize, but like in the middle, there's all this consumer space that they're having a hard time navigating through it, and so th- that's kind of what I see more. Not like so, so I didn't I find what I was Jeff looking for. A like client that that is good size, like good size. Anybody be happy to be that big? Yeah. Um, and they have what I would call a very rudimentary or simplistic security structure, but it hits the main points with just simple solutions that are completely installed, and it's incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not fancy. It's, That's right. It's not, it's not, it's not sophisticated. Yep. There there is no fancy tools in there anywhere, but it's it's done right. And it's fully installed, like 100% installation. We have yeah. complete coverage on this. 
and they've prevented any kind of major incidents for like three years just by doing really simple but really effective and things. And isn't that what it's yeah. all about? Yeah. Yeah, they've operationalized their technology. Right? Yeah. You know, like, and they've concentrated on that people process part. And that's, yeah. you come to RSA to look at all these fancy solutions and then you go back to blocking and tackling and yeah. get home. Like, like when, I'll tell you what gets me. When I look at a solution and there's a, there, there's a, there's a market space out there that's like, well, uh, AV has failed or GLP has failed or what? Like this thing has failed. So we've made an ancillary solution because your last solution that you didn't implement failed. Like, whoa, dude, like you're doing like supplemental insurance on stuff that I can't even configure already. So now I need another tool. Like, like that, that, that to me is concerning. Yeah. It's next gen though. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> right, right, it's right. Well, it's got AI and yeah. ML both. Yeah. yeah. As long as it has that. Right. Yeah. You're good. Now, people do stupid shit. People buy a product, and, I, and I've actually seen this. Mm -hmm. they, they bought a tool, and the tool did not do what they needed. So what they did is they developed all kinds of workarounds around the tool. <laughs> so they literally had programmers code stuff around the tool so they could get what they want out of this tool. But they, they signed up for this five-year thing, and they couldn't get out of it. Right. So they were trying to make the best out of it. So they've literally built... I don't know, years of workarounds around this product that doesn't really work. Right. Is that the right way to and do then, it? I mean, it's like, it's like the, normal, the normal thing is like build versus buy. Like we did buy and build, and build. both failed. And to a state where like we don't even know what to do. Exactly. So, so we're going to automate that process. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're going to automate that. I, don't they, I don't think they get the point of like, yeah. you know, it failed. Throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Okay. We spent money on it. That's good. But let's go find something that actually works for our solution. You know, and that fundamentally goes back to the user design. Understand what your problem is. What are you trying to solve, right? And then put the right tool in to fix that particular problem, right? right? Which people don't take the time to analyze. All right. That's great, guys. I appreciate it so much. Um, I don't know if you guys got burgers, but it's definitely time to get the burger at this yeah. point. If, if there are not, any left, right? <laughs> if you've not picked one of the burgers up off the stack, I suggest it. And uh, thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks Appreciate for having us. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry Podcast, and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.